Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin. And I am EJ Kerwin, and we are excited uh, to be here. We're going to do something. We're going to cut right to the chase today. We're going to do an exercise. We just had a podcast recently about staying connected when you're struggling with intimacy in your relationship. And now we're going to sort of go through an exercise that we use in our programs, both a relationship renovation at home and relationship renovation in office. That is sort of the beginning of staying connected for a lot of couples in their intimacy. I had this idea because, I mean, this is what we take all of our couples through. This is what we designed for us. And I think that if we model it, that it's going to be very helpful for other couples to see what it looks and feels like. For the purpose of time in our podcast, we're going to kind of keep our answers a little bit shorter than they normally would be. So don't feel like they have to be, they can be as long as you want them to be. But the exercises you'll see over the next few podcasts, we start with like the early foundation of intimacy And then we really move into like some deeper stuff, but it's really important to get that idea of like that early foundation. And so it's just 10 questions. EJ and I are going to go through the 10 questions. I'm going to show you kind of what that process feels like, model that. I'll list the 10 questions at the end of the show. And then please feel free if you guys need us to like email you them or send them over, like we are more than happy to do that. Okay. Yeah, and, and that's also a nice little segue there as far as interaction with, with our audience. We love it. It makes a huge difference. It helps us create content that's more engaging and exactly what you want. So always feel free to reach out to us through our social media channels, through relationship renovation, uh, through a, hit us up with an email, info at relationshiprenovation.com. You know, the more you tell us what exactly it is that you want to hear about, you know, the better we are at, at delivering what's useful. Okay, so let's get right in. All right, let's do Um, this. So we have an intimacy series in our program, and it comes after the communication series. And this is the first part of the series. There's four parts. And in our program, it's called Let's Talk About Sex Part One, The Early Foundation. So that's what this lesson is. And I think we're just going to kind of ask each other questions back and forth. Does that sound... Yeah, you ready I'm, for it, EJ? It's yeah, been no, a few I'm, years. I'm super excited. I love this. You know. Okay. You know, one thing, let me appreciate. Can I give you an appreciation right now? Yeah. Okay. I love not just in our podcast and our business, but also our family is Tara is amazing at structure. <laughs> I try. And man, you know, not everybody is good at that. And she like, so like going into this podcast and knowing like you got this structure. And I got it going, down. It makes me sort of relax. I think sometimes it makes like really busy minded people to have a a partner who's structured. It's sort of like, you know, yeah. it's sort of soothing. So thank you for being a structured person, Tara. Thank you for being appreciative. Okay, so let's get started. All right, let's do it. <laughs> I'm staying on structure. So the first question, and there we always try to get the questions to ask, you know, with each other. So what did we learn early on from our family about sex? Would you like to go first or would you like me to? Sure, sure. You want you This is one of those first? cases where I'm glad that my parents don't have the uh, attention span to like listen to an entire podcast. Are so you I don't, sure? I don't know. I don't Sorry, mom, mom if, and if dad you're if you're there. listening. Yeah. Okay, so what I learned, you know, I got some, some interesting messages from my family because it was always clear my dad was really attracted to my mom. He had some funny sayings he used to say. 
this is like they, they'll die if I, my dad used to always like walk in the house and he'd tell my mom he'd say take off your pants I think I love you and, you know <laughs> I didn't know that yeah so he was always like really like you know he he <laughs> he showed my mom that he was attracted to her and she was receptive to it and so I got the message that in a relationship that attraction is important and it's present so I I got that um, but then. The other message, though, I got, though, was that you don't talk really in an in-depth way about sex. Mm. Like, I joke, can I just mm. quickly, I had two conversations about sex with my parents. Both of them happened when the electricity went out in our house. And both of them, like, one, I won't do both of them, but one of them was, do you know what a condom is? And then I said, <laughs> yes. And he said, Okay. <laughs> And, and, you know, so that's about as deep as we've ever, like, we've always got, like, uncomfortable when sex scenes come out in movies and stuff. So I got that, like, attraction is important. Sexuality is definitely in relationship, but no roadmap for how to actually talk about it. Wow. Okay. That's, right. um, how yeah. How about you, Tara? Well, what are the I, messages you received from I would, your family? Well, from, I, I kind of want to just, like, really make sure that I heard you correctly. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I heard that you got to see a lot of like playfulness mm -hmm. and flirtation that was healthy. Mm -hmm. And that so you knew that like intimacy and sex was like a part, but that you didn't go too in depth around it and that you didn't have deeper conversations. And then when it came time for like parent-child relationship conversations about sex, it was condom. Yes. Cool. Good. Pretty nuts and boltsy. Okay. Yeah. So did I, did yeah. I kind of, okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay, what did I learn early from my family about sex? I'm, I'm trying to keep this short, but that it was very unsafe, um, that it was with multiple partners, um, that it wasn't monogamous. And I remember, I mean, and if my mom listens to this a oh while, well, like, remember when I was 14 and I think my mom was like, are you still a virgin? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, what'd she say? You're going to be the last American virgin or something. Like basically go and have sex now. Like that, that like, if I didn't have sex, there's something wrong with me. So what the messages I learned, I know that's pretty vulnerable <laughs> to put out there into the world. <laughs> The message I learned was very confusing. I had no healthy role models. I had nobody except for maybe sex ed in seventh grade talking about whatever private parts. And I learned that it was very confusing and bizarre and that if I wasn't doing it, something was wrong with me. So okay. it was very confusing. So what I heard from you is that, um, is that it was really confusing, the messages, that it wasn't monogamous, and the overriding thing just in your tone I heard was it, it didn't feel safe. Yep, that's about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay. Right. There's your first question, everybody. Yeah, dive right in. Uh, so the second question is, how has our family of origin influenced how we talk about sex? Well, for me, how it influenced it was I've had to just sort of figure it out on my own. And, that, and I, I'm not sure if another question is coming up because I think this is, was greater around just like sort of like atmosphere and other influences, but just that like I don't know how to, how to talk about it. 
um, it's definitely helped being a therapist, like because mm. I've had to figure out how to talk about it. But yeah, like simplifying it on the most basic level is that I just came out being like, I have no idea, or do you even talk about it? Mm. Okay, so what I heard you say is that you kind of had to figure it out on your own that you didn't even know that talking about sex was a thing really, that you're a therapist so you understand the importance of it now, but that there was really this like kind of lone road of you trying to figure out it on your own. Yes. Um, how ooh, influenced about sex, talking about it. Um, I think I always thought of sex as shameful from my early messages, early experiences that I've had. Um, so I would do anything and everything to avoid talking about anything that would produce shame. Of course, until, you know, I've done my work and yeah. I can do that, but... All right, so I heard you say that the way it influenced the way that you talk about sex or communicated about sex is that it, it was shameful and that it led you to just avoid the conversation in general, which is, isn't that interesting for both of us? Like, I don't know how to do it and you don't want to do it. Right, see, and we don't even know. This starts so early on, everybody. Yeah. This is why we're doing this modeling of the exercise yeah. because it helps you have insight into why it wasn't happening in the first place. It helps you also understand that it's not just something uniquely broken between the two of you, but it has to do with a sort of like your your infrastructure that brought you into the relationship. Mm -hmm. That Although we've been together over a decade, that even the struggles we might have now, a lot of them have to do with stuff that that we both came into the relationship, which is normalizing and feels like, oh, it's kind of a relief. Okay, moving on to the third question. And again, you when you're doing this, you can take a lot more time. Yes. You can slow it down. We're, we're just kind of doing this for the sake of the podcast, making it a little bit quicker. Okay, what other external sources influenced our beliefs and perceptions about sex as a young person? All right, you might have to throw on the brakes for me if I go to, I mean, Catholicism. I grew up in, in the Catholic faith, and it was just immensely influencing in how I communicate, understand sex, because it was like, it is bad. It is bad except for the one person that you eventually find that then it's okay, and which oh, yeah. is very like uh, paradoxical and confusing, especially yeah. as a young person, you know, that you learn about it because who talked to me about it? Priests, you know, and that that was super weird. And so, yeah, my outside influence mostly was was religion. Yeah, religion had a big impact on me and, and my understanding, figuring it all out. There's a second piece to that question really quick. So it was what other external sources influenced our beliefs and perceptions about sex as a young person? And then how did it impact us on an individual level and in our relationship? Well, for me, it, it just reinforced internalization mm. that like, you know, maybe, and this is like a connecting point for the two of us is it felt really unsafe. Like I remember one conversation in general with a priest that was just like, this is freaking weird. And so it like, it reinforced just like, figure this out on your own, keep it to yourself, don't be honest. You know, mm -hmm. that that's the way it affected me, like mm. like pretty, you know, significantly. Does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So I heard like, really, like a lot of you learned that sex was kind of 
not okay or shameful until you fell in love with someone, then it was okay. So a lot of confusing messages, because basically you build up this like fear around it for, oh, decades, and then you're supposed to marry someone and it's like, oh yeah, no, intimacy sex is good. Yeah. Okay. Very, very confusing. And that it would keep you kind of internal, yeah. right? Okay. Like I needed any more like uh, reasons to internalize my stuff. <laughs> So for me, I, I would just say, uh, I don't necessarily know if it's a Western society thing, but like, I just feel like I would see women often being sexualized, even in middle school. And so I felt like, oh, that's how you like, that's how you're loved. You're loved because you're sexy or people want to like make out with you or like it was very sexualized. Like your self-esteem comes from people wanting you in a sexual way. And I think it impacted us in our relationship is because like that just feels so wrong to me. It feels like I have so many other pieces to me that are so beautiful. And when it feels like it's just about sex, which I know it's not, but that's how it felt. I like get to this oppositional like resistance, like I'm not a piece of meat. Do not objectify me. And that is like that. And then I would stay alone in that process, but definitely like feeling unsafe as well. Yeah. So what I heard you say is like that sort of the external, like sort of societal sort of like gender uh, role messages you took in where a woman's uh, self-worth is all built around her sexual desirability and that what if the way it affected us is that you felt like that was like a significant part of what, why maybe I loved you and that you didn't like that, you know? Can mm -hmm. I, I'm gonna take off my EJ hat for a little bit and go into my therapist hat for a second. Mm -hmm. Like what's so interesting is I think knowing what I know about you mm -hmm. is that it really like once you got into a marriage, right? Like that you wanted to be absolutely loved completely and carrying that old belief into our marriage, especially once we went through our some intimacy struggles, that's a huge piece that I'm that I'm if I was a therapist, I would be working with the two of us around like, wow, like that was a shift for her. Mm. And and that's gotta be like very common for, you know, in the gender specific area around those messages women have. Mm -hmm. And then when they get into a really complex, loving, long-term relationship, a big roadblock. Absolutely. I'm going to kind of put the next two questions into one. So, cause I think they go well together, but what are our individual beliefs about sex and how have they changed as we matured? Ooh, these aren't aren't the easiest questions. Like, you know, that's why we ask them for couples. And this that's is just we... the entryway into our yeah. intimacy series, everybody. <laughs> Individual beliefs about sex. Um, that it's important in a relationship. I mean, definitely that's that's a, a belief that, it, that it's important that, you know, in, and a, like unhealthy belief versus healthy, like that I came in thinking it should just naturally sort of like, organically be good, you know, or be healthy or be robust or whatever. Um, and the way that affected me was it gave me some poor skills in actually navigating a healthy sexual relationship because I didn't know how to talk about it. I knew it was important, but 
I assumed it should just be, you know, really consistently wonderful. And when there were struggles, I wasn't equipped to deal with it. And now as you've matured? As I've matured, I realized that it's something that is is very important. It's not everything. And it doesn't just happen by accident, that there's a lot of components that create a healthy sexual relationship and that it's important for us to be sort of united and I can't figure out it all out on my own. So what I heard is that your belief about sex is that it's important and it's healthy in a loving relationship and that kind of early on also the assumption that like it should just be easy and happen kind of uh, got you stuck in some areas, especially when we were going through our intimacy struggles, but that as you've matured, you really are starting to understand um, the complexity and the importance of talking about it in many different dimensions. Yes, I feel <laughs> I feel heard by you right now. <laughs> I'm so happy. This is why we all, therapist hat really quick, we always do that. Let me make sure what I heard is true. A, it kind of, When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. forces you as the partner listening to listen. And it also allows the other person to be like, wow, I feel heard. And if I did get it wrong, EJ can be like, actually, hang on. It's more a little bit like this. This is like such a huge piece of communication. So I'm strongly encouraging you as you go through your own questions like this to do exactly what we're doing as I heard this. So, okay. Next question. Oh no, me. Yeah. You got to answer that. Um, my beliefs about sex used to be it is how I am loved, that if I'm a good sexual partner, like I'm enough, that it was the most important thing in a relationship. Um, yeah, and, and that's how like love was measured by, was sex. <laughs> and as I've matured, I'm realizing that the sexualized environment I grew up in was very unhealthy and that I'm not an object and that it's much deeper and softer than that and it's an all integrated whole and that I have to connect my whole self together in order to truly feel present in intimacy because it used to just be about, am I enough? Yeah. Yeah. So what I heard you say is the way it affected you is that you thought it was almost everything in a relationship and that it was also the way you sort of had value. Mm. 
and that what you've matured into is an understanding that you are so much more and yeah that that you're that, that love is not just about your your sexuality bingo yeah i feel very heard <laughs> okay so we're i mean we're almost halfway through um the next question is is it important to have sexual intimacy in our relationship and why yes it's important to have sexual intimacy in our relationship i mean it it's important because it's not the only, sort of piggybacking on what you're saying, it's not the only, but it is a unique portion of our relationship. You know, our agreement is that we only connect in that way with each other. Mm. And so it, it's important because it's, 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 a, it's another way, it's one of many ways that we can connect and we can show our love and we can have fun mm -hmm. together. And it's it's just sort of, and again, this isn't for everybody, this is just for, for me or for us, that it's, it's just us. It's one of the only things mm -hmm. where nobody else enters into it, mm -hmm. you know? Like parenting and mm -hmm. work and running the household, everybody else sort of sneaks into it. And it's one of the only areas that is just uniquely ours. So I heard that, yes, it is important to have sexual intimacy in our relationship because for you, it's like very unique to us. And it's the one thing that no one else can kind of jump into. Do you know what I mean? Like parenting, kids stuff, right? Working, co-working, all that. But that like having sexual intimacy is unique between the two of us. And so that feels really special. Ding, ding, ding. You are correct. <laughs> okay. Um, for me, it's absolutely important to have, it used to not be. I was like, no, it's not. Like, that is not the most important thing. But I think it is important to have sexual intimacy in our relationship because it lets us connect in a deeper way, in the most vulnerable way with each other. And that's my goal in my relationship with you is to connect on every single level and sexuality is a huge part of our human existence, you know? Yeah. So I heard that, yes, it is important, and it is important because it's a vulnerable, unique way in which we can connect. Mm -hmm. Okay, next question. What, if any, are our fears around beginning to talk about sexual intimacy in our relationship? You know, I can, I, at first I was like, well, let me jump back to, but, but even even though we do talk about this f frequently, still every time, especially if I initiate the conversation, there is some fear and re reluctance and some apprehension. And so my fear is that it's going to create conflict. My fear is that what my needs are aren't important. My fear is is that it just won't be a fruitful conversation. Okay. Yeah. I hear that fears around beginning to talk about it are that it might lead to conflict or it might lead to you being rejected or needs not being met or that you're not important. Yes. Okay. I would say I don't have fears anymore. I used to. I don't have to get into them. But like I really feel very open and curious about having intimacy talks. Yeah. It's like my anxiety has truly, I mean, 
two months ago, I'd probably been like a wreck. Like I'm still really nervous, but right now, because we built emotional safety in that area, I truly am not afraid of talking about intimacy. Yeah. I hear that now you feel a lot of safety around talking about it and that you're comfortable with it. Next question kind of piggybacks on that. Um, what might be the obstacles for us in talking about sex? The right time. Having time and the right time, I think are the biggest is it's like, when is the right time to talk about it? For me, that's like a thing. Mm-hmm. Because you want, it's not, it's not like a, it's not like, oh, what are we doing this weekend? You know, or, or who's taking so-and-so to school? And so just having the, the, having the time and having it be the right time, I think for me is a big, like, always like sort of like a question. Okay. So I hear that some obstacles for you, uh, time and finding the right time and like, you know, not getting squished into like that daily busy schedule that like, if you don't make the time that it's just not going to happen. And so that could definitely be an obstacle. I love that. For me, I would say, Uncomfortable feelings such as shame, insecurity, low self-esteem might be an obstacle for us to talking about sex. Again, I'm moving through my own shame and insecurity, so that doesn't feel like an obstacle anymore, but absolutely was that there in the beginning, right? Especially with my own history of trauma. And so just really recognizing, is that a part of the process? Because you don't you know, you want to be able to move through that so you can talk about it in a healthy way. Yeah. So what I heard is the obstacle for you is that it might bring up feelings of shame. Yeah, absolutely. And another just like quick teaching point is like, I had this part of me that wanted to start editorializing or analyzing it and I cut it off and I said, nope, I'm just going to use that drive-in voice. I'm just going to repeat what she said that it was, it's about shame. I don't have to get into my opinions or whatever, mm-hmm. because if I do, oftentimes then Tara won't feel heard. Yeah, I'll just totally like block you out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two more questions, you guys. Thanks for hanging in there. Hopefully this is helpful. Okay, do we notice resistance or defensiveness around exploring and discussing sexual intimacy? And if yes, how do we understand this? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Yes, I, I think we, you know, there there is still resistance. I think the way I understand it is that is there's been ups and downs in the process, and I think we're much more highly attuned as humans to the to the more difficult moments, and I preserve those more closely in my mind. And so the obstacle is that, like, wow, this has been hard before, so like maybe mm. we just shouldn't do it. Yeah, so I hear you saying absolutely there's defensiveness and resistance in exploring, uh, discussing sexual intimacy because it's been clunky and there have been many times it's gone wrong. And so there's still that fear of like, it's going to go that way again. And so that is still there, but it's better. Did yeah. I hear that part? Okay. Yeah. It's, I am I making my I, I own? Didn't, you did, you editorialized a little bit. But sure. I'll, but you know, but. Yes, it mm-hmm. is It is better, and I just have to resource that. Mm-hmm. I have to resource the fact that, like, oh, actually, this is much better than oh. it used to be. Um, for me, I'm going to kind of go back early on because there was a ton of resistance and defensiveness around exploring sexual intimacy because of my own shame. That is how I understand it to be now. At the time, I didn't know it. I kind of saw 
EJS just the person to blame? How dare he have a high sex? How how dare he have a sex drive? <laughs> and that, yeah, why if I have this shame and I didn't really know it was shame, but why would I want to feel that? I'm good. Now that I can understand and know what it was and where it came from and how it's not mine anymore. Like I don't carry that shame. That's where I don't have any more resistance or defensiveness. I, I truly feel open. But in the beginning, for me, it was shame. The obstacle I hear again is is shame. Darn and, word. And also you mentioned in there, let me just make sure I heard it right, was this like sort of uncomfortable feelings about me. I think you didn't use the word resentment, but you said like just for me even having a sex drive that you were confronted with negative feelings towards me. So your own shame and negative feelings towards me were the, are the obstacles. Absolutely. And shame keeps us stuck and it kept us stuck. So there you go. Okay, final question. Final question. Um, are there dynamics in our sexual relationship that are confusing and need guidance and understanding? Oh, that's a... That's a complex question. Say it one more time. <laughs> are there dynamics in our sexual relationship that are confusing and need guidance and understanding? I think the confusion is just how different our experiences are. And we talk about this so much. We talk about, we have two episodes of high frisky, low frisky. We have our last one, how do we stay connected? you know, in, in building a healthy, intimate relationship. I think the confusion lies in how do we sort of meld our two very different experiences. That's That for me is confusing. I'm like, how do I like connect with Tara when, when we're facing such different obstacles? So I hear for you, it's confusing because we have such different ways of perceiving and experiencing it. And like, how do you even start to like, take those different experiences and meld them together. That sounds good. That sounds right. <laughs> For me, dynamics that are confusing right now are still like, I'm still kind of in this process of exploring myself. And it, I guess it's like, okay, because I think because you had the higher sex drive, you were often the initiator in our relationship. And... I remember I didn't like that because it felt like I wasn't equal in the initiation piece or, or that it wasn't coming from me, that I was, that was like my caretaking piece. Like, oh, he initiates, I can tell he wants it. So like, I'll see if I have the space or availability. And so I'm still like, my confusion now is like, okay, I'm, I'm going to feel my own desire when it happens, if it happens, if it does awesome, if it doesn't, it's okay. And I'm going to start to like initiate and that's different for me from the last few years, maybe not in the beginning. And so I'm like really kind of playing around with that initiation piece. Yeah. I mean, I heard the confusion uh, revolves around sort of the initiation, who's the pursuer. Mm. What I heard there, I think also is just like confusion around like roles. Yes, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, how do we form healthy roles and and yes. who are each of us in our intimate yes. sexual relationship? Yes, used to feel a one-sided role, right? High frisky, low frisky. That was your role. Yeah. That was my role. Yucky, no, doesn't yeah. feel good. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to really thank you for going through that and listening to our vulnerable conversation. I'm going to go through these questions just 
I'm going to say them out. And that way, if you guys are going through this on the podcast, you want to just hit pause after every question and go through it. Just make sure you're picking a time that works for you. If you want us to email these two, please reach out. Here we go. First question. What did we learn early on from our family about sex? Second question. How has our family of origin influenced how we talk about sex? Third question, what other external sources influenced our beliefs and perceptions around sex as a young person, and how did it impact us on an individual level and in our relationship? Next question, what are our individual beliefs about sex, and how have our beliefs about sex changed as we've matured? Next question, is it important to have sexual intimacy in our relationship? Why? What, if any, are our fears around beginning to talk about sexual intimacy in our relationship? What might be the obstacles for us in talking about sex? Do we notice resistance or defensiveness around exploring and discussing sexual intimacy? If yes, how do we understand this? And finally, the last question, are there dynamics in our sexual relationship that are confusing or need guidance in understanding? So, I mean, this gives you a launching point to a really open-hearted, you know, enlightening conversation with your partner. Um, If you can, give it a shot, you know, just pick one. You know, pick mm-hmm. one question and and let your partner know. Don't don't you know surprise them with it. But like, hey, I checked out this podcast. Are you willing to listen to this first and then do this together? So you know, definitely a tool for you guys to begin to have some really interesting conversations. I would definitely also just put out there that like, if you find it really difficult, then maybe really important. And maybe you know, we have relationship renovation at home, which this is from that. But it's two thirds, three quarters of the way through, and so maybe Part of the process, yeah, yeah. So you know, relationship renovation—it is about building a healthy foundation. You know, having a structured approach where you and your partner over a three or so month, you know, time period really understand one another and create a familiarity with getting to questions like this is going to be really useful. And in every show note, we have a link to relationship renovation at home. You can even download a sample and check it out. Go back, listen to high frisky, low frisky. You know, we have a lot of information around intimacy because it is a very important but also a you know a, a tricky conversation to have with your partner. So hopefully you all found that helpful. We want to support all couples in having a healthy sex life. Absolutely. <laughs> Why the heck not? All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Me and you just singing on the train. Me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the Are we? 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.